Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Friends, we're so glad to have you alongside us today for today's show. I just want to encourage you to take some time, go to your favorite podcast platform, whether that is Google Play Music, um, Apple Podcasts, Faith Play. There's so many different options out there, but I just want you to know that you can go there and search for I Work For Him, and there you'll be able to subscribe and get our show every time a new show releases. Really simple way to stay up to date. And I know people have so many digital, technical things that we have in, in infiltrating our lives right now. But this way you get to control it and uh, be a part of it. So we hope that you will find our podcast and put it on your playlist. You know, many times over the last eight years, we've talked about hearing from God on the steps we should take in our work or in our business. But how does that actually work? Since we have an unfair advantage, our access to the Holy Spirit of God, who has access to the blueprints of heaven— How do we use that advantage to move our business in a direction that glorifies God and blesses our community? We don't know all the answers, but we have access to one businessman from Austin, Texas, who's been pursuing the Lord in his business over the last four decades plus. I've asked him to share his insights on how we discern the voice of God in our work and in our business. Tony Dale, welcome back to iWork for him. Thank you so much. It's a delight to be with you again. Tony, how many years have you been in the business world? Well, if you include the business of medicine, uh, I guess I've been in the business world since 1975. So that's a long time. Yeah, 45 years. You've seen a few changes probably in 45 years. Uh, I have seen a lot of changes, uh, including in where I find myself putting my own uh, time and energy and focus. Hmm. So at what time, at what point in that whole career, did you understand that God really cared about the intimate details of your life, including your work? And um, how did you how did you start living that out? Oh, that was something that was a growing realization going right back into my medical school days. Um, you know, I had a wonderful uh, sort of encounter with God fairly early in my uh, medical training. Uh, began to understand the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there was this growing appreciation of the fact that uh, Jesus really meant it, uh, that his sheep hear his voice. Uh, so whether from student days or into early medical days or then, you know, the various things that I found myself doing since, uh, that, that's been an ongoing uh, growth, I think, in, in my walk with God over at least that 45 years, really beginning before that. But Tony, at what point in time then did you realize that God actually wanted you to ask him on a daily basis for help in the day-to-day details of your work, whether it was as a doctor or as a business guy? Wow. Uh, You know, you asking that question brings a whole number of incidents to mind. Uh, and perhaps I've just got time to briefly tell one of them. Go ahead. Um, uh, I was uh, in my residency time uh, at the time working on a surgical rotation, and uh, a patient was uh, transferred to us from a neighboring hospital. Now, it was actually transferred. uh, This uh, young lady was transferred to us from uh, the university hospital that I trained in. 
and so it was unusual for them to transfer someone from, you know, this great prestigious medical school hospital uh, to the very small, uh, you know, inner city hospital I was working in. Uh, but it was done at the request of the uh, doctor in charge of student health uh, because he felt that what was going on with this young lady was jeopardizing uh, her opportunity as a nursing student, uh, and he didn't want to see her career damaged. Uh, and what happened was that uh, they had done all the investigations they could and could not get to the bottom of it. I mean, everybody from, uh, you know, the gastroenterologist, because it was tied up with an issue of abdominal pain, uh, to uh, literally to the psychiatrist, everybody had been involved. Uh, this thing was very real. This girl would black out when the pain got too bad. Mm. Uh, but uh, nobody could fathom, uh, you know, what was going on or identify. Uh, and because it was beginning to look, as I said, like it might jeopardize her training, uh, the doctor in charge transferred her to the hospital where I was uh, uh, in training under a surgeon who was a retired medical missionary. Uh, and one of the things he taught me uh, was the, the reality and importance of bringing God into everything that you're doing. Uh, well, we looked after this uh, young lady in the hospital and she was, you know, on, on my ward. So I, uh, I was uh, the doctor primarily looking after her. Uh, and uh, again, over a two, two and a half week period, we saw various of these episodes with this severe abdominal pain. Uh, which would uh, then usually culminate in a blackout. Uh, and then, you know, when, when the girl was, you know, awake again or conscious again, don't know what the right language would be, uh, the, the pain had gone until it happened again. Uh, so we had seen her in the middle of all of this. We, we went through the same gamut. Okay, now there was a growing sense in my, I guess, my spirit that the reason we weren't finding ordinary medical answers was it wasn't an ordinary medical problem. Hmm. Uh, and I shared this with the surgeon in charge. And, uh, you know, he and I, both uh, fellow Christians, both serious believers, uh, we, you know, we would talk over surgery and this sort of stuff, uh, you know, as things were going on. And uh, he, he came up to me after one of our operating lists and he, he said, tell me, he said, uh, we're going to have to discharge this young lady because we just haven't been able to find out what's happening. And although it's serious, uh, it doesn't appear to be leading to any sort of deterioration in her condition. Uh, but he said, I think what should happen is that you and Felicity should take her home. Uh, mm -hmm. And there she's uh, being observed by two doctors. And let's just see what God does if he does something. So we agreed. Well, you know, she had been with us about four or five days and we'd been praying into her situation, hadn't really had any insights. And one day the Lord spoke to Felicity uh, and said to, to her, she's hearing voices. Okay, now, you know, some people might say, well, does God really speak that sort of specifically? Well, uh, we were at dinner that evening. Felicity had called me before I got back from the hospital and told me about this. And, uh, and I said, well, look, what, I, I think don't, don't say anything about this uh, until we're, we're both there tonight at dinner. Uh, and uh, then at dinner, I'm going to, as it were, bring this out in, as kind of a surprise. So uh, we, had, we had dinner, uh, and while we were just sort of wrapping up dinner, uh, suddenly without any sort of preface or whatever, I, uh, I, I turned to the girl and I said, uh, you know, Felicity was praying for you today, and the Lord told her that you're hearing voices. And the girl said, 
oh, I hear voices, but they told me never to tell anyone. Okay, that's why it had never come out, even when the psychiatrist spoke to her. And that was the beginning, and it was a very short time frame from uh, beginning to unravel what was really happening. I mean, we, we knew at that point that what we were dealing with was demonic. We explained that to her. She was a, a, a believer. Uh, we helped her understand what was going on. Uh, we prayed for her. And in the most remarkable way, uh, God just entirely set her free. Mm. And, you know, I heard from her a few years ago. Uh, we're talking, what, now 40 years post-event uh, type thing. And she was now a senior nurse and life was just going fine. Uh, so, you know, God is able, uh, but sometimes he has to surprise us. And in this case, the patient does well to wake up to the fact that he wants to engage in what we're doing. That's a great story. And that was at the beginning of your career, and you're no longer a practicing physician in a hospital, but you're you're working in healthcare. You know, with Sidera Health and with the Caris Group, as you have, you know, the Caris Group's almost thirty years old now, isn't it? Uh, coming up to twenty five. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25, 30. It's 35, like a kid. 40, 45, they're, get, they're older than they feel. Okay, or something all right. Like so that. Coming up on a quarter of a century. That's a long time. And and the Caris Group will be a decade here pretty quick. Or excuse me, and Sidera will be a decade here pretty soon. Talk to us about how you've seen that that discerning voice mm-hmm. apply in either of these two active businesses that you're in today, because it's the same thing. I believe that so many of us just need to know that God cares about the intimate details of our lives, especially our work lives. And so many of us face quandaries at work where we don't know how to proceed. And very rarely are any of us taught to actually, well, get on your knees and just ask God for the answers. Get Ask God for help. Ask God to reveal it. We're talking today with Tony Dale about discerning the voice of God in your work. And I want to encourage you, if you're involved in any kind of organization and you're you're kind of tired of your health insurance alternatives. How about checking out corporate healthcare sharing with Sedera Health? Check them out online, S-E-D-E-R-A.com, Sedera.com. Literally a, an organization-changing alternative to providing benefits to your employees in a way that transforms and builds community within your organization. What a great solution. Check it out online, Sedera.com, Sedera.com. All right, Tony, that question. Again, you've been in business. You've been operating in, in the workforce for 40 plus years. Sidera Health and the Caris Group, both babies that birthed out of, from you and Felicity over the last 25 years. How has the discerning the voice of God played into the, these two organizations? Well, I think it's been incredibly important. And, uh, you know, discerning the voice of God, I think is a good way to put it. Um, I, I think sometimes when, you know, we talk about hearing the voice of God, people uh, kind of imagine that you're sort of literally hearing a voice. Uh, and maybe that's how some people do hear God. You know, I, I think that's totally possible. Uh, I would just say that's absolutely not my normal experience. I, I have one occasion in my life when I might have heard the voice of God in that literal sense. Uh, certainly it was literal enough to me that it woke me up, not literally, I was awake, I was actually uh, in a work context, but uh, it it sort of woke me up in that context and I thought, what? Who said that? And then I realized, whoa, was that the Lord speaking to me in a context that I 
was not expecting. Uh, but I think I like the word discern. Um, you know, discernment is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that's listen, uh, listed in, uh, I guess, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, but uh, that's uh, by no means the only sort of use of the word discern. Uh, in Hebrews 5, it talks about who uh, those who, uh, through practice, learn to discern what God is doing. Uh, and I think there is the sort of intuitive sense of the voice of God, that ability to understand what you're feeling inside, which is one way that we hear God's voice. Uh, another way uh, that we discern, they're both really just different facets of the Holy Spirit working within us. Uh, another way that we can discern uh, is uh, by making sure that we are in and uh, constantly, in a sense, in the Word of God. Now, of course, the Word of God is Jesus, uh, but the written expression of that Word, uh, you know, the Bible, uh, is something that if you're imbibing that into your, your spirit and into your knowledge, you know, then the Holy Spirit can bring, bring it to your remembrance. Now, it's really hard to, for him to bring to your remembrance something that you never knew in the first place. Right. Uh, so if people don't bother to dig into the word, how can they expect God to, you know, prompt them through his word at the times they need it? Uh, so I guess in all of these ways, uh, I've seen that God is well able to find a way to impress what he wants to say into my heart anyway and into my mind at times when I need to hear it. You know, I just had a thought, Tony, because um, the more we're in the word and under and know the, the truth of what God gives us, and that's why he gave us scripture, right? So that we, um, we know it and can apply it in our lives, um, the less we have to figure out what to discern. Because if we know the scripture and the scripture says, thou shalt not steal, I don't need to discern over an issue of integrity or something like that. Like that, I, I can discern it against the scripture, but then I know that it's true. I don't have to guess. Well, should I or shouldn't I? No, there's no guessing there. So how do we then, um, when it's something that isn't specifically spoken about in scripture, how do we discern the voice of God and what his direction is for us versus our own, our own voice? <laughs> you guys ask such good questions. Uh, <laughs> well, we want to yeah. know. <laughs> uh, I think we all want to know, and yeah. we're all constantly, uh, or hopefully, you know, those, those of us who are serious about following the Lord are, are, are trying to grow in these areas. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, to give an example of, of what you just described, uh, I literally, a couple of days ago, I was just coming back, uh, you know, uh, from uh, visiting the, the grocery store. Uh, and when I unpacked the grocery cart into the back of the car, I'd only got half a dozen things or whatever, but one of them was a fairly big bag. Uh, and underneath that, uh, I saw a packet of cookies. And I thought, oh, I don't remember that going through the till. Uh, and I'd gone through a self-checkout place. Uh, and I'd probably just used, you know, the, the clickable scanner to click the big heavy thing. And I hadn't noticed that, the, you know, the cookies were underneath. Uh, so I looked at the receipt and sure enough, it wasn't on there. Well, you don't need to discern the voice of God there. You know, immediately I said, well, if I walk away without bothering to go back, you know, nobody's going to catch me. It's like only a dollar. You know, they made plenty of profit. No, 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 that's ridiculous. You, you just go back in. I went back in, went through the self-service line again and scanned that packet of cookies. And, you know, that way it was paid for. So 
if you begin with the ordinary, mm. then the extraordinary becomes much more normal. Uh, I think it was Wimber who would uh, regularly say that the way you spell faith is R-I-S-K. Now think about that for a moment. If, if you spell faith, risk, okay, then what happens as you're learning to discern the Lord's voice is that impression, if you dare believe that it's God and you step out in faith, if you take the risk, you begin to gain experience of what really is God's voice. So, you know, over many decades, hopefully I've got better at that. And I think the reason I've got better at it is because I've taken lots of risks. I've made lots of mistakes, but I've learned more and more how to understand that, that sense of, wow, I think that's God, God saying something to me. You know, Tony, one of the things that as we started to learn this stuff, a- after we realized that God cared about the intimate details of our work, the, one of the things that, that we noticed, I, I tell Martha, you know, this is what I think God is saying. And then God would bring somebody else in our life and he'd say the exact same thing without being prompted. And then a lot of times at the beginning, I needed a third person to come in or a second person to come in and say, eh, say exactly the same thing. I'm like, okay, Martha, God just said it three times. Preacher, this is the way we're supposed to go. It wasn't a voice. It was, this is, this is what I really feel like God's saying. And two other people say exactly the same thing. They don't know what they're saying. They don't know what they're saying. Well, but, they don't know that you're looking for it right, necessarily. Right. Even. And, and so that's something that God has done too. And I think we have to look for that. It's the same thing when I'm praying for people. If God pops somebody's voice in, or a face in my head, uh, I, usually I, I remember to pray for it. Certainly if they've been in a dream, I call them the next day and say, hey, I had a dream about you. Why am I, I got to pray for you. What's going on? And, and when I started doing that, it was consistent. People needed prayer for something specific, but sometimes during the day I'll get a prompting and I just, I'm busy, you know, so I ignore it. Then I get another prompting. And it, sometimes it's the third time I'm like, oh Lord, that's the third time you brought them to my mind today. I got to call them. So that's how I've learned, but it's been the hard way. And I feel, I feel very bad. I, I plan on apologizing many times to the Lord. Go, I'm sorry, I was such a thick-headed <laughs> idiot that I had to you know, go through those lessons. But that's something that we've learned is just seeing God confirm it in a couple of different places to help our faith grow. That, that's one other thing. I don't know. Did you and Felicity ever experience that? Yeah, in, in many times and many ways. In, in fact, uh, on really important decisions, uh, we actively look for that sort of confirmation. Uh, I think Hebrews talks about, uh, you know, something is all the more sure because of two witnesses. Uh, and, you know, there, there are things that are so important, one just doesn't want to mess them up. Uh, so when we were, you know, pretty sure that uh, we were coming over to the States, we asked the Lord for various confirmations. Um, I, I, I could tell you, various times when we've had to make important decisions. There, there are a number of important decisions I'm in the middle of now tied up with the business. And although I've had that growing sense of what the Holy Spirit is saying, uh, it, it's important enough that I really wouldn't want to mess this up, uh, that I ask the Lord, well, Lord, you know, just, just be gracious, uh, please. Uh, 
uh, that this is too important for me to step out on faith and maybe damage someone else. Mm. Uh, no, I, I want to make sure I get it right. You know, I was just thinking about you talking about the whole idea of risk and the more that you ha- you um, step into that risk and the more you practice it, the more ordinary it becomes. And I was thinking about that in terms of even like what Jim was just sharing, you know, when a name comes to mind, you know, acting on that. Well, it can't ever be wrong to do that. It might take a risk if it's somebody that you haven't connected with in a long time or you had some friction or something like that that you need to get past. But, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking that could never hurt to reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about you. And that gives you that practice so that when there are even bigger things um, in our lives that we've, we've taken the time to practice that obedience so that we can listen and uh, discern. And um, I'm just curious, with you and Felicity, have you, um, I'm a very practical, tactical, you got to kind of like show me what it looks like. Do you find like on your really big decisions like, do you write it down and say, hey, we're going to pray about this for, you know, X amount of days? Or, you know, what does that look like for you guys um, when you're, you know, you've got something kind of looming in your future that you're you're really asking the Lord for some guidance on? I, I, I'm not sure I could describe, you know, a, a specific sort of systematic approach mm-hmm. that would be normal for Felicity and I. Um, you know, different things, different circumstances. We, we'd probably tackle each one individually. Uh, but I, I do want to pick up on something you, you said, because I, I think there's an important thing here. You, you talked about, you know, that feeling that, oh, well, it can't do any harm. You know, surely I, I can, uh, you know, step out. Okay, I, I think the answer to that is absolutely we can step out if we have the wisdom to know how to do it in such a way that it can't produce any harm. Mm. So let me give you an example. I guess because of my medical background, I'm very cognizant of, you know, let's say I have this sense that God wants to heal someone. Uh, But if my approach to that is necessarily, oh, well, you know, uh, I I believe God wants to heal you, uh, and then nothing happens, which in my experience has often been the case, Uh, that raises all sorts of questions and difficulties for the person I prayed for. Uh, And so I would often try to, I would, if I sense God saying something to me in that sort of context, but where I can sense that the very question itself could be damaging, I always am very careful not to phrase what I say in such a way as it coming across to the person as a thus said the Lord. Hmm. So uh, let me give you an example. I had a patient who uh, had, had come to see me uh, and just out of the blue while I'm dealing with her, I mean, she'd just come in for a repeat prescription of a pill. There was nothing abnormal about this. Uh, but uh, in, in the middle of what's going on, the Lord said to me, uh, the reason she doesn't look happy is that she had an abortion last year. Mm. Okay, now, like, that is, like, wow, specific. And not me. That, that, that's not, I don't usually hear things that clear. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, Lord, I, you know, I can't say that to her. That, uh, you know, uh, and I, I'm sort of wondering, 
how do I tackle this with a patient? Okay, and so the Lord gave me some wisdom for how I could raise a possibility without making an accusation. Mm. And that opened the door. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is where there's a very, very thin line between faith and presumption. And I think we can be damaging when we're presumptuous. And I think humility says there's always room to acknowledge that we're wrong. Mm. That's such a good word. You know, I think, Jim, just in thinking about what, you know, like, I guess um, when we approach it with a question, like, is there, you know, God just brought brought you to mind to me. Is there something going, you know, that I can pray for you about? Is there something that's heavy on your heart? Um, That's that's the kind of thinking I'm thinking. But if God specifically, you know, reveals something, definitely uh, walking very carefully through that to allow them to open the door. I love that. That's such a great, great example and a great uh, word of wisdom to all of us that are listening and trying to better discern the voice of God in our lives. Thank you, Tony Dale, for being on I Work For Him today. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I Work, the number number four, him.com.